You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. My name's Barry. I live right above you. I don't host parties. I host after parties. They're like parties, only louder and nobody goes home. You can see right here I ripped out all the carpeting because it was holding me back with my pogo stick. Man's got a pogo. Oh, I'm a prankster. I'll grease up a soda can, and then when somebody grabs it, boom! <laughs> Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933, and Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Let's drop the Independence Day puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Navo and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Here I Chicago! Welcome into a July 4th edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC Chicago, and with me, as always, the one, the only, the best hockey expert in the city of Chicago. Scott Powers. Jay's, oh, you went there, dude. <laughs> He's <laughs> you, so much better than me. There. Oh, dude, he, he, he is like the <laughs> god. He's the one that we all kind of are chasing after, isn't he? Did you see the one he did uh, right after the draft? Probably like a week after because it took him a lot of work to like track everybody down. But he talked to scouts and experts from other teams to get a breakdown of the Hawks draft. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really, really good, really in-depth, man. It was unreal. Truth be told, I'm just too damn lazy to do stuff like that. So, Well, I, I just I think, the like I've always said, even though I don't write there anymore, the athletic is so worth the money you spend to subscribe to it the content there is incredible they really do have the best writers in chicago on that staff it's unreal and 
I know former employee, I should be like, you know, knocking them or something, but nah, man. I'm still subscribing to it. I still read it all the time. I love talking to Scott. I love talking to Brian Hedger. Sahad of Sharma is really good. Lauren Cometer is really good. And then, of course, you know, John Greenberg. He is the ace of the staff, and he just can knock out any column on any topic. And it, it's amazing to me. And I'm forgetting, like, all these guys and all these uh, women that work there that do such incredible work, but just a roster of amazing writers. And I, I'm really. I'm glad I was able to be a part of it, but damn, is it good, man. You you need to be subscribing if you're not. Definitely. And I've never worked there, and I will tell you, The Athletic provides the best coverage in town of your local teams. I don't care if you're in Detroit, wherever. Um, any market you're in that has The Athletic, you should subscribe. It's cheap. It's less than, you know, a taco. I know it's hard to, like, in this day and age, to be like, oh, I'm going to give money every month to something. Do it after you support a podcast, of course. Well, yeah. Um and yeah. then one other thing I I totally just uh, I wanted to mention this. Uh, I know you have a Taco Girl story that you're going to share today. <laughs> yes, um, I do. I got tacos today because it's Taco Tuesday and Murica and all that. I did not get flirted with with anybody, by anybody. So, Jay, you're just more attractive than me. And yeah, I think sure. We need to... Uh, we need to discuss that. I think that, you know, you, you win, and I concede defeat to you. I actually, uh, for those that don't know, we attempted a podcast yesterday and were just destroyed by technical difficulties. My entire half of the podcast was screwed up. I tried to salvage it, and I was like, can we do this again? And James was like, nope, I'm gone for the day, understandably, <laughs> as I was about to be, too. So here we are. It is one thirty on the 4th of July. Um, so yesterday I only had a one update to the Taco Girl story. Today I have two. Wow. Yes. yes. So it's it's sort of good news that uh, things fell apart yesterday. Uh, neither are very exciting, but they are updates nonetheless. All right. Enough BS. This is a very serious, a very newsy sort of podcast. Um, yesterday, I'll tell you guys, the unfinished product, it's like a B-side. I should save it and release it like in 20 years. Yeah, and like, be like, the, the yeah, look at how tape. good we were then. <laughs> the distorted tapes. And we were really, uh, we were fired up yesterday. Yeah. I think we were fired up yesterday about the Blackhawks, and let's just sort of kick it off. Let's start at the top and work our way down. Patrick Sharp is back for $800,000 with $200,000 more attainable in bonuses. Um, and I said before that signing was made that if he signs for under a million bucks, I'm not going to be upset about it. It's kind of a no-brainer. A guy who's got potential to score 15, 20 goals playing for the league minimum, basically, Yep. is it's a no-brainer it's a guy who's familiar with the city familiar with the system familiar with the team he gives you a point option on the power play which they're missing um so i don't know i'm not mad about it i think my feeling all along was i want to see some kids play i want to see hennestrosa play and hayden play and debrincat get a real chance to make the team and alex 14 and all these young forwards in the system i want them to have a shot to play the game and i was told by a source that young players need to earn their spot in the eyes of the organization and i get that i get that but uh when you look at what happened in free agency patrick sharp uh tommy wingles and uh now i'm blanking on the other guy lance, lance boma, boma. Yep. yeah those three guys brought in tells you they're not really interested in giving any of these kids playing time so when you look at the whole of the free agency weekend so far uh it sort of points to the hawks loading up on vets 
and trying to do it that way, at least up front. The defense, they've done nothing to address, mm -hmm. and we'll get to that later. But let's stick with the forwards for now. So, James, your thoughts on Patrick Sharp. All right, here's here's what we need to do here. Um, the unreleased B side that yes. we're going to call that. We were really down on the signings. I think the Sharp one we definitely kind of wrote as, you know, yeah, we get it. That It's a move that makes sense. You, you can argue all you want that Sharp is a retread, he's not healthy, you know, whatever you want to say, I, it's fine. You can you can argue that. But the way that I'm going to choose to look at Patrick Sharp is that if he ends up earning a top six spot and he ends up scoring 20, 25 goals, that's a hell of a deal, a million dollars to get mm -hmm. that kind of production. And in that case, I'm okay with them, you know, not starting Alex DeBrincat in the NHL. Giving him an extra year to develop, I'm okay with. I get it. He's only a year removed from being drafted. It's not like he's been buried in the system or anything like that. I think with the Sharp thing, I think if he is the one who's keeping a kid from playing, it's because Sharp is earning it and because he's playing well, and that ultimately is good for the Blackhawks this season. Now, Lance Boma, on the other hand, is a waste of a roster spot and is going to keep a guy like Tanner Caro or John Hayden out of the lineup, and I think that's wrong. Because, as I've, as I've said on Twitter, for those of you that follow me, I spoke with a very, very talented Calgary Flames writer that I've known for quite a few years. Big Cubs fan, by the way. And I asked him, I said, see, to me, when I watch Lance Boma, I think of Andrew Shaw. Except Lance Boma can't score a goal to save his life. Is that an accurate assertion? And my friend, the Flames writer, said, absolutely. That is 100% accurate. So Lance Boma takes all the dumb penalties, does all the hitting from behind nonsense and the chirping and all that, but doesn't score goals. So my question then is why the hell is he going to get a roster spot when that's all he does? Tommy Wingles, I can kind of take or leave. Like, yeah, he's fine. I, I get the idea. I also think that they're giving themselves a glut of bottom six forwards, and I don't quite get that. Like, I, I, I see guys like Jordan Tutu still on the roster. I see young players like Tanner Caro and John Hayden who profile as bottom six guys. And I see a guy like Tommy Wingles who is a veteran, not old by any stretch, but he is a veteran. And I just, I wonder, I, I'm kind of indifferent on him. So we'll go Sharp, I'm on board with, I get it. Lance Boma, I think is dumb, and I think it was a bad move, and I don't think it's necessary at all. Tommy Wingles, I'm going to go middle of the road. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, like, you know, Wingles, they wanted to add guys who are sort of more direct, more north-south players, a little more grindy. And we talked about how the Hawks, we've said for months, how the roster is very samey. They've got a lot of offensive-minded, not physical type forwards. But Lance Boma, that's a guy you can add at the deadline. If you feel you really need it, right? If you feel like, man, this team is really missing someone to take dumb penalties and contribute nothing offensively, that's a guy that's easy to find if you need it, right? Very, very easy to do. Uh, hell, they could have brought Brandon Bolick back, who signed today with San Jose. That's a guy who at least was able to provide that physical play and a little bit just a little pinch of skill right a guy could play a little bit um i don't know i just it's just not necessary you've got young players 
If you want Ryan Hartman to step up the um, physical game, tell him that. Yeah. Say, look, you know what? The way this roster is shaping out, we added Patrick Sharp. <clears throat> Brandon Saad is back. We want you to play a little more physically. Go into the corners. Knock some people around. He'd be willing to do that, right? The question but, is whether he can do that without committing a penalty in the process. Well, but yeah, but Boma can't either. That, and see, that's... <laughs> That's my argument, though, is that Ryan Hartman will commit those penalties and he'll do that stuff, but he also can score goals. He's a yeah. good puck handler. He can do those things. Lance Boma cannot. I'm sorry, he can't. He's not a good hockey player. He just isn't. Well, and the other thing that concerns me is, and you know, the the the. the Wow, I'm really stammering right now. The <laughs> defensive you're group, flummoxed right now. Yeah, the defensive group is not good. Connor Murphy is your third best defenseman. Your fourth best is Michael Kempney. Yep. That is not a, a guy cup who contender. get on the ice in the, in the playoffs last year. Right. And he, he probably deserved to be, in fairness, he probably deserved to be based on the numbers he put up and the metrics that showed that he was a pretty reliable defenseman overall. Sometimes he would fail the eye test, but the numbers showed up pretty well in his favor. My yep. thing about Wingles, while I get it, while I'm fine with it is, wouldn't that money be better spent finding the defensive version of Tommy Wingles, right? Go find yeah. a youngish, uh, cheap defenseman with you know some some miles on, nothing spectacular, but someone you could plug in to your bottom pair that's just not going to hurt you. Can I right? can I make a suggestion of what the Blackhawks should have done? Sure. Take take the money they spent on Lance Boma, and instead they should have traded it to Vegas for David Schlemko. Why didn't they do that? David Schlemko's $2 million guy. And oh. I think he's more reliable than probably all but three of the defensemen the Blackhawks have. I pay $2 million for a fourth guy. Well, you're also leading us into our next segment, which is going to be these odd Stan Bowman trades and uh, Vegas stuff with Marcus Kruger and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Yep. There's and, a lot and, to unpack there, but we'll mm-hmm. get to that. But uh, you're right. It's kind of like, were you unaware that better players were available? Yeah, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm it's... holding Stan Bowman's feet to the fire today. This is going to, I'm going to definitely uh, hit him a little bit. All right. Well, let's, first, let's take a break. Yeah. Uh, we'll tell our friends about Triple Threat Sports. We'll come back and we'll talk about all the trades uh, that Stan Bowman has made uh, this offseason dealing with uh, Carolina, with Vegas, everything there. Uh, But first, you know if you want to get yourself a Lance Boma jersey, why wouldn't you? The place to go is Triple Threat Sports. They're the best place to go to get your NHL jerseys lettered. But they're also the best place in the area to go to get your team's jerseys and uniforms. If you're a travel team, a high school team, a college program that has hundreds of kids on the roster, or if you're just a beer and pizza league team with 12 players, Triple Threat will make you look great on the ice, on the court, on the, uh, what else, the pitch, the yeah. hardwood, all of them, all the floors. They got all the <laughs> floors. They throw the floors at you. Uh, Triple Threat will work with you on every aspect of the job, the logo design, the fitting, apparel for off-ice, you name it. If you want to see some examples, head to their Twitter page, at 3ThreatSports. That's the number 3 threat sports and you'll see some of the work they've come up with for hockey baseball softball football lacrosse anything you can imagine they come up with awesome uniform designs uh something i'd be proud to wear if i was a member of one of those teams so for more info call chris at 708-478-6090 that's 708-478-6090 or email him for more info at chris at triple threat 
Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. When we come back, we will discuss Stan Bowman's strange, strange trades in this 2016, 2017, what year is it? 2017 offseason. Yeah. We'll be right back on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back into our 4th of July spectacular edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We're not blowing up fireworks, but we're about to have some hot takes, I think. We're gonna talk, we are going to talk about Stan Bowman, who has made some very interesting trades this offseason. We've already discussed the big trades of Artemi Panarin and Nick Jalmerson, and now he's made another one. He has sent Marcus Kruger to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for our favorite player, Future Considerations. And he then was flipped by Vegas to Carolina for a fifth-round draft pick. Jay, your initial reaction to the trade. Why not just trade Marcus Kruger to the Carolina Hurricanes for a fifth-round pick? That is a fantastic question, and I'm, and I'm wondering why the Knights are able to get a draft pick in that trade, but the Blackhawks didn't get a draft pick from the Knights. I don't get it. Well, and here's the other thing. As we have been leading up to this expansion draft and talking about it and all the rumors that, you know, it, the Hawks are going to expose TVR, and in exchange for doing that, the Knights are going to take Marcus Kruger's, you know, uh, cap hit away from them. Fine. That's all fine and good. But apparently, Vegas wasn't that enamored with getting Trevor Van Riemsdyk in the first place because they immediately traded him to Carolina. Yep. So why are you giving... For a second-round pick, right? Yes. So, I I mean, I get it. The, the Kruger cap had to go. There's no doubt about it. It had to yeah. be abandoned. But I think when we all talked about it, we'd say, okay, you get like a fourth, fifth-round pick from Vegas, and then you just say, okay, we agree to leave Van Riemsdyk exposed so you can take him too. Fine. If that's what it was, fine. But future considerations, to me, that means nothing. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't mean much to me. I mean, literally, the it, return will be literally nothing. Yeah. And and I've never seen it, like, does a league enforce that future considerations have to be given? Like, how do you define that? If, if you know, the Hawks make a trade with them in 10 years and they get a fourth instead of a fifth, like, that was it. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't get how that works. And I was looking, our buddy Sean White seemed to have a better sort of feel for it like how it often can mean something down the road, like, um, you know, uh, cash considerations, things like that. I just, I I just think don't you get trade it. Cash in the NHL. I mean, like um, cap, like cap stuff, like taking okay. a, a bad deal or whatever. Okay, but yeah, I, I didn't think you could uh, trade money. I didn't. I I know you can in baseball, but you can't do that in hockey. So here's what here's what Sean says. Uh, he says future considerations usually have written stipulations in place that aren't public, games played, performance base, etc. So what he's saying there is if Kruger goes there and scores 15 goals, right? Maybe the trade becomes a fourth rounder instead of a fifth rounder or something like that. But why right, can't but you just say be, then it would be a conditional pick? Exactly. Why not just say conditional pick? Yeah. Isn't that I, better for everyone just to kind of absorb? Unless the Hawks. Say, look, here's something, maybe this, but as the deadline approaches, maybe you have a player we want, and mm-hmm. we can talk about that. Maybe that's sort of, maybe, because to me, in, in the ideal world, that's what future considerations are. Like, look, uh, right now, he's yours. Take him. Thanks for taking the cap hit. We'll discuss a return at a later date. Maybe that's what it is, and if that's what it is, fine. I think it's just hard for 
Hawks fans to look at what's happened this offseason and make any sense of it. I just don't I, I don't understand what the end game is here. And again, yeah, we talked about the Nicholas Jalmerson deal and it made sense at the time. Yeah, in two years he's gonna be a free agent, blah blah blah. Fine. But in our minds we were thinking that a lot of young players were gonna get a look this year. And yeah. it was gonna be more about okay, see what you can get this year, and then two, three years down the road, you're sort of reloaded with younger players entering their prime, ready to compete again for a Stanley Cup. But no, you've added Wingles, you've added Bulma, you've added Patrick Sharp. So this year is not at all about rebuilding, not rebuilding like the Cubs and Sox, like the Cubs did and the Sox are doing, but sort of reloading, refreshing. And that's not the case. They've just filled in the forward core with uh, veteran forwards that don't provide much offense, and uh, I just don't understand what the plan is here. Again, it's July 4th. Free agency started three days ago, so I'm not going to totally flip out, but it's just hard for me to see the direction right now. And I have been criticized for being a Stan Bowman loyalist uh, many, many times. So I'm not a guy that hates Stan Bowman by any means. I think he's one of the best GMs in the game. But this offseason makes very little sense to me. And uh, I don't know. I gotta. I guess i got to see it all come to fruition uh, when opening day begins, and I'm sure they've got something up their sleeve with Hosa's deal, but there's not much left out there. If they're going to no. trade it, that's going to be for a pick. The only other thing is uh, Anisimov, but then if you trade Anisimov, you've got no center depth at all, yeah. unless you're getting a center back. So I don't know. I I just I'm struggling to see what the end game is here, and maybe there's going to be another big trade that that blows my mind and it all starts to make sense again. Uh, like maybe they are going to trade a couple more, you know, high roster players for different type of players and just sort of change the look, change the overall feel of the team. If that's the case, I can get behind that. But right now, as of today, July 4th at 1.53 p.m., I don't get it. Uh, um, I wish I could uh, provide you some comfort, man. I really do. But <laughs> you you could try uh, okay, you know what? I'm not going to. Instead, I'm going to lay out why I am being critical of Stan Bowman and why I think his feet need to be held to the fire. Because okay. this is his te- this is his thing right now. If the Blackhawks struggle this season and they don't make the playoffs, or if they like barely squeak in, I would not be opposed to them firing Stan Bowman. And I'm going to tell you why. Two things. One, what are the Blackhawks' biggest needs right now? They are shallow on the blue line, and they are shallow at center, right? Yes. You literally got nothing for TBR. Not a thing. You traded away Marcus Kruger. Yeah, you saved the cap money. You got nothing in that trade. So you have these two big needs. You have the center need and a defensive need. You have lost guys at both of those spots, and you have not replaced them with anybody. So you're shooting yourself in the foot on both trades. Now, the expansion draft, you had to lose someone, yada, yada. You know what? You could have protected TBR, and you could have traded him and gotten a second-round pick, apparently, because that's apparently what he was worth. So... To me, Stan Bowman had an opportunity to get something for either Marcus Kruger or TBR, and instead all he did was ship out the money and get nothing in return, thereby weakening the team. That, to me, is ridiculous. That, to me, is indefensible. I, for the life of me, 
cannot understand why Stan Bowman thought that was a good idea. So that's the first thing. The second thing, and we've seen this several times the last few years, the Blackhawks try to trade away a guy with a big contract. What do they have to do? They have to add in a sweetener to get rid of the cap hit, right? Yeah. What in Stephen Johns with Patrick Sharp? You had to dump Marco. You had to dump just all these guys. How about Tavo Teravainen? Tavo Teravainen to get rid of Brian Bickle. That's exactly right. And now, now you have Brent Seabrook, who's on a pretty bad contract. And again, this is not an indictment of him as a player. This is an indictment of the contract that he signed. Yes. You signed him to an eight-year extension a year before you had to. That, to me, is also indefensible. You have no, no time pressure at all to get that done. And yet you do it as soon as you get the opportunity. That is ludicrous. And then, to put the icing on the turd sandwich, that's a bad analogy, I don't care. That's gross. <laughs> I know. Um, To put the icing on all of that, you gave him a no-movement clause! You wonder why it's so difficult to move these guys. Well, maybe it's because you keep adding lead weights to all your friggin' players. How are you going to get rid of any of them? You can't. You keep putting no movement clauses in their damn contracts. So Stan Bowman has perfected over the last few years the art of self-sabotage. And I'm getting sick and tired of hearing people say, oh, his job is so hard. It's hard to get rid of those contracts. You know why it's hard to get rid of those contracts? Because you're making it hard to get rid of the contracts. And I'm getting sick and tired of hearing people make excuses for the moves that Stan Bowen makes. And to me, if this team goes into the season, they're struggling out of the gate, and then they, God forbid, do not make the playoffs, I will welcome an exit from Stan Bowman out of Chicago because he, for being the supposed cap genius that he is, sure is mucking it up quite a bit right now. Well, did you see what Richard Panic said a while back? And this this quote sort of slipped through the cracks. Uh, Richard Panic was asked about his negotiations with the Hawks for his new deal, and he was like, "It was no problem. I just went in there." Stan told me this is what he wanted to pay me, and I was like, "Sure, that sounds great," and just signed it. Like there was no. Uh, thought of like okay like any negotiation like the house i'm in i really wanted to buy it i love it i love this house i knew i would give more than she was asking but i went in there and said uh okay you wanted this much how about four thousand less than that yep right that's the game that's what a negotiation is you shouldn't have a player who's coming off a breakout season you know with not a much of a track record before that just be like, hell yeah, I'll sign that. That's the sort of negotiation you would think would get sticky, that you think would get tough. When a GM with any sort of sack would be like, look, you had a really good year last year, but you spent most of the year with Jonathan Taves. You've never done this before. And I, in, in a salary cap Titan world, I cannot give you $2 million right now or whatever, 2.25, whatever 2. it is. 2.8, Jesus Christ. But, like, you got to say to him, I'll give you one and a half. And then see what happens. And if they come back and say, mm, we'd like a little more, then you meet in the middle. You don't knock his socks off. The first thing, it's the same deal with Brent Seabrook. Yep. There was no negotiation there. Nope. It's say, hey, you've been a great for organization. We're going to reward you here with a little extra money. And it was the same thing they did to Marcus Kruger. They saying, paid hey. for past results instead of future performance. And as anybody will tell you, that's the surest fire way 
to get your butt booted out of the door is well, to start doing that. Ask Theo Epstein about that. That is his absolute philosophy on it, and there's no better GM in sports than Theo Epstein. And uh, Marcus Kruger was the same deal. Remember a couple years ago he took like uh, maybe 500 k less than he was yep. probably worth, and the Hawks thanked him by giving him a preposterous deal for a fourth-line center that we all knew in two years would be the end of Marcus Kruger's time in town. The other thing is, don't these players get this? Like, you're signing your death warrant. Is it a thing? Death warrant? Who cares, man? You're getting your money. Sounds like a Seagal movie. The, you know but, what? Money money from Vegas, money from Carolina. It, yeah, but it you know what? It spends the same as money from Chicago. But don't tell me that because you've seen Brian Campbell turn down big money. You've seen Patrick Sharp presumably turn down bigger money. To yeah, come now back and after here. they got done. No, no, no. You can't use that argument because Brian Campbell is coming off a deal that paid him over $7 million a season. Patrick Sharp is coming off a deal that paid him over $6 million a season. You can't tell me that, oh, they turned down money. But, yeah, they had already gotten their okay. massive payday. But here's what I'm saying, though. If you're Marcus Kruger and the Hawks say two and a half, you're saying no? Well, no. Based on again, what? Again. Well, based on what is he saying no to? Exactly. No, no, I totally get what you're saying there. The problem is the Blackhawks didn't do that. They just said, hey, have some money. And the guy went, what, what's he supposed to go? No, I'll take less. Why? why? No, but that's if, my point. If you're going to get offered that money, why would you say no to it? Of course not. But you're making my point there that he's coming right out. Bowman is coming right out and being like, here's a deal. You're going to love it. <laughs> that's not what a GM should do. I the GM's job is to, be, is to be the bad guy. It's to be the guy that's nickel and diming every contract because it thought, matters I now. You, I thought you were trying to put the onus on the players that they were somehow supposed to say no to that money. No, no, no. But, I mean, they, I think that what I was saying was, and I probably didn't say it clearly enough, is these players have to know that if I sign too big of a deal, I'm going to price myself out of here. And that's got to be in their back of their mind. <laughs> but if, if Stan Bowman comes in and says, like, we're going to give you $3.5 to be our fourth-line center. What? Yes. Where's the paper? Give yeah. me a pen. Here, give me six pens in case you're out of ink. Like, you're doing everything you can to sign that deal. There's no negotiation. There's no tension. There's no, like uh, – and, and maybe that's why players love playing here. They don't have to worry about contract stuff. Fine. But you've lost. Star, not star. But good player after good player after good player because of the extra half million there, the extra million there, the extra, the extra no trade clause there. Tell me again why a guy like, I don't know, Artem Anisimov, what did he ever do to earn a no movement clause in a contract? I have no idea. It's idiotic. They give them away like they're nothing, and then they hamstring you, and they go, oh, well, look, we, did, we didn't really have a choice. No, you have a damn choice. Don't give them out. I, I don't I don't know. It's just it's hard to figure out. It's hard to see the, the, the direction here, um, and it's hard for me to see them contending for a cup again. We're going to get into that, what we expect from them, Next year, we're going to break down the roster as it stands right now. Of course, that's subject to change, and by the time we publish this thing, it could be different. But we got to evaluate the team as it is now. We're going to do that next. But first, we want to tell you about our pals at Marishka's. They're closed today. One of the four days of the year they're closed. It's today, the 4th of July. But I expect you to be there with a camp, uh, you know, a, a nice uh, tent camping outside for when Marishka's opens tomorrow. So you can get the awesome poor boy 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated at the same location since 1933, 708, I'm sorry, 
9371. I'm doing this read and plugging my laptop in at the same time. Uh, family owned and operated at the same location since 1933. Hand cut products in their own butcher shop, including their steaks, the burgers, and the famous poor boy sandwich. They serve the highest quality steaks, seafood, and chops. And their homemade onion rings, their homemade baked potatoes are amazing. They have Icelandic cod. You know where that's hand cut, James. That's right. And they've got a carryout menu, a full bar with craft brews, and big facilities for groups of up to 110 people. So visit marishkas.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas, M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. Open seven days a week and close only on Christmas, Easter, today, and Thanksgiving. That's the 4th of July is the other day. Very sad. Uh, but make sure you check out Marishkas. All right, when we come back, James and I will break down the Blackhawks roster, and then we'll answer some of your emails. They're going to be hot. They're going to be fired up this week, I predict. So stay tuned to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Please come back. Hopefully you all came back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, even though we're going to discuss the uh, state of the Blackhawks roster right now. Um, How else do we put this, Jay? It it doesn't look great right now. We... uh, we're kind of perusing uh, Cap Friendly yesterday, and it's unreal to me looking at the roster and going, that's the defensive depth we have right now. Michael Roosevelt is your is in your top six. That's a problem. That's not good. I had forgotten that name. Yeah. I uh, We, I we were looking drink. at the defense. We were like, okay, Duncan Keith is going to play with, what, Connor Murphy probably, right? Yeah. Brent Seabrook's going to play with Michael Kempney. Like, we, these, <laughs> these things, these words that are coming out of my mouth are, how do I say this? I don't like them at all. <laughs> well, keep going because I don't want to do it. <laughs> Your third defensive pairing is, at this point, probably Jan Ruda and Ville Polka. Oh, my or some, God. Or some kind, Yeah. Because you're not going to play Michael Roosevelt 82 games. That's not going to happen. I think Gustav Forsling is a is. I, be, you know, that's a good point. How about yeah. Forsling and Ruda then? All right, let me tell you how I have it on, and this is uh, this is definitely official. This is not scientific. Yeah, when I play NHL 17, my pairings are Keith and Murphy, Kempney, Seabrook, Forsling, Ruda. That's that's it. That's. I don't know, man. That's asking a lot of number two and number seven, and we know number seven doesn't have much left to give. And he's only under con- he's only under contract for uh, seven or eight more seasons. Yeah. So. By the way, I-, I wanted to point this out to you. Did you know? <laughs> Did you know Brent Seabrook is under contract longer than any other Blackhawk is right now? I did not. Yeah, you know, hang on. I'll be I'll be right back. You you fill time. I'm, I'm gonna go grab I'm gonna go grab a beer because I, I need one badly right now. <laughs> All right. Well, while he's doing that, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna explain to you, the good listeners of this podcast, that I had many beers last night, and so Jay asking me to do this uh, time extending thing while I'm nursing a hangover is probably one of the meanest things that he's ever done, and I'm really looking forward to him hearing about this once he comes back to the. Uh, microphone um, i'm back got a nice yeah. room temperature high life with me right now but yeah for the 2023-24 <laughs> season the blackhawks have one one contract on their books and that is brent seabrook who will be in his 
age 39 season with a $6.875 million cap hit. Then the Hawks will trade him to the Red Wings and he'll win two Stanley Cups. <laughs> yep, that's how it goes. Just like but, the other number seven. But yeah, Corey Crawford has three years left on his deal. Hmm. Uh, Brandon Saad, Marion Hosa, and Artem Anisimov all have four. Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, six. Duncan Keith, six. Connor Murphy, five. Brent Seabrook is the only Blackhawk that will be on that team in 2023-24 because of his contract. I'll never understand that deal. And you know me. I love Brent Seabrook. I love him more than I should, and I admit that. Um, I will never, ever understand what he was thinking, Stan Bowman, I mean, when he signed that deal. All right, let's play a game. All right? Let's, okay. let's try to be a little more positive here. How? What has to happen for the Blackhawks to be legitimate contenders? The National Predators have to get sucked into the Bermuda Triangle and never be heard from again. That can be arranged. Okay. So I'll, I'll we'll, go we'll first. Since that. I just popped it on you, I'll go first. All right. All right. If Patrick Sharp scores 60-plus points and... Nick Schmaltz proves to be a viable center. And Gustav Forsling takes a huge step in his career and becomes a reliable 4-5 that plays 70 to 80 games next year. And Michael Kempney improves on last season. And Jan Ruda is at least as good as Michael Kempney was last year. Then, oh, and they're healthy, of course. Have mm-hmm. to have that, and Richard Panic has to be at least as good as he was last season. Then the Hawks are contenders. How many ifs was that? I didn't count. I think it was eight. Yeah, I think it was eight. I don't think that's a good thing at all. Okay. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that pile of impossible? I just opened a beer. I don't think the audio came through because it's a bottle, unfortunately. But uh, bottoms up. <sighs> Boy, this is the first. That we're both drinking on the that podcast. We have actually the Blackhawks have actually driven us to drink during the podcast. <laughs> it's a monumental achievement. Way to go, Sam Bowman. Yep. James and I are getting plowed because of you. I by the way, <laughs> I I was telling the listeners that I'm nursing a massive hangover right now, so I'm hoping the uh, spotted cow is going to help. Well, I actually <laughs> when I texted you last night, I was like, "When do we want to do this tomorrow?" You said, "I'll text you when I wake up." And then at 12.30, I was like, uh, are you awake yet? <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were still alive or not. I, I slept until about 11, and then I went out, and I it was hard to get up this morning. I consumed a lot of alcohol yesterday, and I just want to give a shout-out to Dr. Frank Marmo, who has the greatest collection of signed baseballs i've ever seen in my life and for opening his home up to us i appreciate him and thank him that was a very funny evening yesterday had some good sports conversation and a lot a lot of beer was consumed so thanks to him and thanks to stan bowman for making the party start all over again today okay before i get to taco girl story one and two uh and to emails i want to thank someone too um those of you that listen to any of the midday shows i've produced mcneil and spiegel spiegel and manley spiegel and goff and now spiegel and parkins uh know the name paul charchian paul charchian is our fantasy football expert he is a nationwide renowned fantasy football analyst he is also the 
Um, he's also the head of the American Fantasy Football Association or the Fantasy something like that. He's the in charge of it. He's like the guy that runs it. So Charge is a very accomplished, well-known dude around fantasy circles. He's also a big gamer. He's a guy that plays a lot of video games, talks about them, has a show about them, and him and I have that common connection. So often, we'll talk about it. And when uh, the Nintendo Switch came out, I was sort of asking about it. I was kind of like, I don't really know, because I bought a Wii, and I was like, why did I buy this like a week later? You know, (laughs) and uh, I know a lot of people felt the same way about the Wii U and all that stuff. So the Switch came out. I'm like, what do you think of this thing? Is it viable? Is it actually going to be anything decent? So we've had some conversations about it. Last, uh, actually, two weeks ago, I get a uh, direct message on Twitter saying, did you get a Switch yet? And I was like, no, you know, I haven't really convinced myself to get one yet. And even if I had, I don't really have the money to go get it. You know, I'm not I'm not going to blow that. I've got too many other expenses that, to go buy another game system. I already have a PS4. So last week, I get an email from work saying, uh, come upstairs. You got a package in the mailroom, blah, blah. So I go up there, and there's a package from Charge. And our guy, Paul Tobeck, who sent us the box tote, the beer Very tote. Cool. Um, I open up the box, and it's a freaking Nintendo Switch system. He just bought me one out of the kindness of his heart. Now, listen, I've met Charge maybe three times in my life. We have a weekly conversation that amounts to all of about three minutes, if that, every week. This dude, just out of the kindness of his heart, he's like, he knew I wanted one. He knew I wasn't in position to get one. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going to send this to him because I know he'll appreciate it. What an incredible gesture. And I've always thought about, like, what would I like to do if I had a lot of money, right? Like, if I came into a lot of money, like, what would be the thing I do with it? Like, a lot of people give money to charity or family. I think just sort of, like, random acts of kindness like that would be that would be what I would do with money. Because when it's so unexpected, it's just it's such an amazing, like, wow, you're having a crappy day and, and someone does something like that for you. It just sort of renews your faith in humanity. So big shout-out to Paul Charchian, um, an amazing guy. I knew that before he did this. I knew how special Charch was. Just a great dude, and, uh, man, this just solidifies it. Absolutely, totally unexpected. I would never in a million years think that he would do something like that. This is a $300 system he sent me, uh, just out of the kindness of his heart. So, Charch, thank you very much. I know you're not listening uh, up there in Minnesota, but uh, I greatly appreciate it, and I want to make sure you get the credit uh, you deserve for this. So thanks a lot. That's really amazing. I I personally would uh, just blow the money on hookers and cocaine, but well, that's what you always do, James. You got to mix it up a little bit. You know what though? Change it you to don't heroin. Mess with all that works, man. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> hookers and blow. Hookers <laughs> and blow. My favorite Christmas song. Yeah. All right. All right. So Taco Girl story. Uh, everyone's familiar with the taco girl. If you're not, go back and listen and you'll catch up. So yesterday my dad wanted to order. And if you remember the last taco girl update was me talking to her and her saying, Oh, I really want to get into, uh, broadcasting and podcasting and stuff like that. So I gave her my card, told her about the podcast. And I was immediately like, Oh my God, what if she listens to one of the podcasts? Right? So I hadn't been there since that episode where I told the story so I order, uh, someone else answers, which is not unusual, and I walk in, and I am, like, seriously getting, like, tunnel vision. Like, what if she's there? What if she heard? What if she knows about this? What if she's going to tell me off? What if she's going to tell me to go F myself? You know what I mean? And I walked in, and she wasn't there. <laughs> oh. I've never been so relieved. And I was like, oh, thank God. 
oh, man, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready to face down the thunder of uh, assuming a girl that talks to me is flirting with me. Um, so, yeah, that. but now I have to worry about it next time. So that will not go away. <laughs> and then the other update was not – I told James a story yesterday. Um, last Thursday was the anniversary – it was my sister's birthday. She would have been 37. Those that don't know, she passed away. She had a seizure in January and uh, passed away because of the effects of it. Um, and we were celebrating her birthday at her grave with my parents and and my daughter and, and wife. And it it's, it's, gets better. Um, so I was starving. So on the way, I stopped at Taco Bell. And I go through the drive-thru. And the girl's like, do you want any sauce with that? I'm like, how about fire sauce? She's like, I'll give you some fire sauce. She's like, give me those flowers and I'll give you a little bit more. And I was like, what is happening? How come every taco place I go to I get flirted with? So there. Uh, there's yeah. my taco. Yeah, there's two. Now there's two taco women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what prefer- that means, right? What? They have to fight. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Cinemax stuff. Yep. <laughs> Pillow fights or whatever. No, that's mm-hmm. wrong. Um. Anyway, I just thought it was funny that the only two women, aside from my wife, to show me interest in 20 years, both work at Mexican restaurants of varying quality. I'm gonna um, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna set you up a dating profile on a website that caters uh, specifically to taco <laughs> restaurant employees. Is there like a farmers only for Mexican restaurant employees? <laughs> like t- taquerias only? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. There's got to be. Oh, if there was that, I would be on that in a heartbeat. You'd be like, "Bye, Hope. I'll see you later." I'm, I'm gonna. In. I- I'm going to hop on tacoconnection.com. <laughs> TM, p- patent pending, all right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't go stealing our ideas, you jerks. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. There's my – oh, the other part of the story, which is not about the girl, is try eating a Taco Bell taco while driving. That's always an adventure. I, I, my go-to is the double-decker. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I had shredded cheese, like, covering my body when I got out of the car. And I was I like, I know somebody who would lick it off. Well, two of them now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I was like a bird, like pecking the, <laughs> taking the little pieces of cheese off and eating them. And I stood up at the cemetery and just like did the shirt pop, <laughs> and all the cheese just like flew everywhere. <laughs> it's like your I sister, am. your sister's probably looking down on you, going, "Yep, I'm about. That's about right." <laughs> she would have been proud. I know that she would have. She would have appreciated that moment. Uh, Annie was always known for like, uh, if you turned your back, she's gonna stick her finger in a dip kind of person like oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. yeah she was or like steal food off the stove she was always one of those so she would have appreciated uh my gluttony on that day all right you ready to do some emails i i think you uh have your first ever segment idea for the i'm fat podcast by the way what's that food related shame you're gonna bring up the fact that you popped taco crap off your shirt at a cemetery <laughs> what a day yeah i think you're right no, I definitely, I think I am. And I think uh, you and Rick need to make that happen, like, right now. Done. Taco Shame, Volume 1. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Oh, wait. No, we still have to do emails. We can't say goodbye yet. Let's ah. do some emails right now. Done. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with two locations, one in Burbank, 6501 West 79th Street, and in Darien, 8025 South Cass Avenue. Visit chuckscafe.com for all their specials. They have the best 
and barbecue, Mexican and Cajun fare. My favorites, the Cochinita Pabil. That's the Saturday special. The barbecue nachos and the jambalaya available every day, as are the Chicago wings, which are absolutely incredible. Uh, like I mentioned, the daily specials are always great. That's really, if you're going to go to Chuck's for the first time, you owe it to yourself to order off that daily specials menu because that is the best of the best. No they offense, have, dude. I'm getting the jambalaya the first time I go. I told I, you, I think one of the first times I told you, like, I could not imagine a jambalaya being better than Chuck's. There you go. That's why like, I'm getting it. Yeah, like, what could they possibly do to make this better? It's perfectly spicy. They have the uh, crawfish or no crawfish option. Uh, if you have an allergy, it is amazing. It's so good. I, and I'll tell you, the jambalaya, like, in the fall, on a cool day, like a football Sunday. Yep. Oh, that oh is... my God. Now I want it right now. All right, well, let's go. When I get back from Nashville next week, we'll head out. You should Done. go meet the people there anyway, and we'll discuss to them maybe having a, a meet and greet. That Heck would be yeah, fun. man. Well, if you're not hungry, you're just thirsty, Chuck's has your back, too. They've got dozens of craft beers. They've got the 120 Beer Club. You drink 120 beers, not all at once, and you'll get your face on the wall. They offer catering services, banquet services, and more, and they've appeared on Chicago's Best and Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, and several other high-quality food programming, as I call it. Visit (laughs) Chuck'sCafe.com or follow them on Twitter at Chuck's Cafe. We love them. We want to marry them. They're absolutely amazing i love chucks more than anything yeah we we have some really really good sponsors man and they do some incredible work and yeah go eat at these places well don't eat at triple threat sports just go buy like a <laughs> you know a jersey or something yeah and then get a dark colored one so you can get the uh gravy dripping all over you and no one will notice there you go, buddy. You All got right. it. First email here uh, from our guy, Kevin Peak. He said, okay, guys, I'm watching these signings, and I'm trying to stay positive, but it kind of looks like a roster of hot garbage on that bottom six. Yes? Indeed. Do you think one more big trade is coming? I have no idea because I don't get what Sam Bowman's doing, as we discussed. He said, also, a meteor lands on Gary Bettman, and you two are now commissioners of the NHL. What do you do first? James, I'll let you tackle that question first well what i do first is i institute the three point rule which is if you win a game in regulation you get three points if you win it in overtime or a shootout you get two and the loser gets one i mean that that to me perfect sense to me first thing i do the second thing i do salary cap thing i turn it into a soft cap institute a luxury tax and provide some kind of discount or some kind of incentive to keep players that you drafted I'm not sure exactly what that would be. I'm thinking probably something along the lines of the cap hit for a drafted player only counts maybe like 80% of the total number. Just in that way, you're not constantly having to trade away guys that you draft just because you can't afford them anymore. But you still have enough of a burden to where you can't just stockpile them either. It kind of finds that happy medium. So I think that's what I would do. I agree with you on all those. The salary cap thing especially is something that needs addressing, and I'm no cap expert. I'm not, you know, I, I don't know what the right answer is, but I think you're on a, something with your counts for two-thirds or whatever. Find a way, even if it's one or two players, to put the franchise tag on them or something where it counts for less against the cap. Um, that's got to be done. I'd also find a way to move the Hawks to the East. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're the I, only I original six-team out of the Eastern Conference, and it sucks. 
quite frankly. Well, I think the only reason the NHL hasn't done that already is because they don't want to lose a big, big draw team out of the West. Like, the East already has a lot of those teams. They don't want the West to get even more um, kind of eh, you know? Yeah. They, they, they want to keep the Blackhawks in the West so that they can, you know, kind of balance that out a little bit. Well, selfishly, I'd like it to happen. I know it's Well, selfish. you're the commissioner, so go ahead. Do whatever you want. That's true. Thanks, I will. Next email from Mailman Tom in Vegas. He said, do you think the Hawks' participation in free agency this year is like going to prom with your cousin? <laughs> sure, you're going to the dance, but you're not really going to get anything. Wait, did or I just admit going to prom with my cousin? Yes, Tom, I think you did admit that. Um, Yo, Tom, you're gross. That's kind of a good uh, a good theory. I kind of yeah. like that. Um, I've not gone to a date w- uh, dance with my cousin, um, but I would imagine that would be, yeah, yeah you're going to go, you're going to have a good time, but you're going to go home and, and spanky the winky probably, unless, you know, you're from Bourbon A. What do we do in Bourbon A? Uh, now I need to know this. Cousin hooking up. Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured that's where you were going. Um, <laughs> as, a, as an easy softball, I should not have taken it. I apologize. I love Bourbon A. You know that. Home of the world's best B-dubs. And James yeah. Naveau. Yep. What um, do you need in life? No, I, to- I agree. I like Bourbon A a lot. Um, but if anybody knows about not getting any after a prom, it's you. So, <laughs> anyway. Hey, you're right. <laughs> no- no, there you go. <laughs> Actually, funny story. Uh, when I was uh, in high school, I went to a dance. I can't say her name because I only know one girl with this name, so chances are someone listening knows her. She was very, uh, I'll just say exotic, like way out of my league and very, very like sexually mature. And I have no game at all. Like I think I've talked about this before. My wife is the one that asked me out. She's like, Jay, are we dating or what? I was like, do you want to be dating? And that's how we started dating, because I'm a big puss like that. Uh, So I had no nerve to do anything or even make a move on this girl. Uh, About a year later, I saw her on some dating show on TV, and she uh, serviced a guy in the bathroom at Joe's on Weed Street. So how about that? Wow. (laughs) Stunned silence from James. Did did she work at a taco place, too? Because that would kind of make everything come full circle. I don't think so. (laughs) <laughs> she might be now, knowing what her future potential was. Um, she may be working at a Taco Bell somewhere, even though she's pushing 40. But um, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, there's that story. I don't even know why I told that. I don't either. We, oh, you said I don't score at prom, which is true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, email here from Ryan Tennant. Let's move on quickly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he agrees with us. On uh, stop bringing back old bad players. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for you confirming go. that. He also has a fun conspiracy theory saying that um, what are the odds of Marion Hosa having a miraculous recovery to return just in time for the playoffs next year, then going back on LTIR, then coming back the following playoffs for the Blackhawks since the salary cap doesn't count? I like that idea. I just don't think it's going to I happen. think Gary Bettman <laughs> would murder the Blackhawks if they did that. He would find the most arcane rule he could possibly find and ruin the Blackhawks if he if they did that. All right, last email of the show comes from Mike Kinsella. Mike, thanks for the email. He and says, thanks hey, for being related to Ray, too. Yes, if you build it, they will come. Uh, he says, hey, guys, so I saw Yager's tweet about no one calling him as an unrestricted free agent. That was so sad, by the way, James. Like, poor Yager. No one loves him. 
Good tweets for an old guy. However, Yager had 46 points and played 82 games at the age of 45 last season. Is there a market for Yager in the NHL still? Where does he fit, and where do you see him going? Also, it's crazy to think that he owned the Hawks in the Cup Finals 25 years ago. Keep up the good work, Mike. Before yeah. virtually everybody in the friggin' NHL was born. I know. It's insane. That is incredible. Uh, where do you see Yager landing, if anywhere? Uh, I gave this some thought. We talked about it yesterday. Just a little uh, spoiler alert. Sorry. And I really, I, I keep coming back to Anaheim, man. I really think that his game would fit there. I, I think that he's the kind of veteran scorer that they need. They don't really play a massively up-tempo game. I think he would fit with Anaheim. Uh, I think it was, I don't want to say the wrong thing because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I think it was Darren Dreger said, are there a lot of teams around the league looking to get older and slower? And that's sort of the question that Yaramir Yager has to face. And he is slowing down. Any team he's on is slowing down because of him. And I love the guy. He's been one of my favorite players for a long time. As I've gotten older and as he's gotten older, I've learned to really appreciate how he's reinvented his game time after time after time. And uh, as much as I say that, I would not want him anywhere near the Hawks. And aside from a team like Anaheim, I think yesterday I mentioned Philly as sort of a more plodding, like a slower team. Mm-hmm. But I think it, I think it's just time, man. It's a, The only thing that really sucks about it is that there's no, like, pomp and circumstance to it. There's no victory lap. There's no, uh, you know, like Derek Jeter's final season, wherever he goes, he's honored. Yager deserves that. He really does. And, I, and it's a shame that if this is really it for him, um, that it's going to go out just kind of with such a... <laughs> You know, there's no celebration to it, and it really should be. Well, it's partly his fault for staying around too long, honestly. But, I mean, he did have 46 points last year. I'm, are you, I mean, I'm surprised that not one team has shown interest in him. Like, well, da- so like Dale says. Talon couldn't bring him back for a million bucks or whatever. He brought. That's why they brought in Rodham Verbata. They needed to uh, have their old plotting winger that can score occasional goals, so... They filled that quota with Rodham Verbata. I don't know. It's just sad to me that a guy who's that legendary is going to go down as one of the you know, top ten players of all time is just going to go out with no recognition at all. That blows. It really sucks. I think, though, someone, some team will suffer an injury and his phone will ring eventually, and he'll be yeah, back I for agree. next year. All right. We got a winner of our email question segment. I think I'm going to go with the question that we had to think about the most, which honestly, to me, was the Armir Yager question. I feel like we really, there's no easy answer to that. So I, I kind of like the fact that we had to kind of, you know, put our heads together a little bit and think of uh, what team style would fit for Yager. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, Mike. I'm going to go right. with Mike Kinsella. Mike is the winner of a 1997 Chris Gretton upper deck collector's choice card very nice card as you may remember younger hawks fans probably don't the blackhawks thought they had a deal with chris gratton as a free agent and uh, butchered the facts paper there was a smudge on it so when the facts got to the league offices they couldn't read it the deal was voided and he went on to sign with the philadelphia flyers uh chris gratton was a center that could score and that put up big penalty minutes he was physical he was exactly what you needed in that era of the nhl the Hawks almost had him, but then they didn't, <laughs> which Aww. is the story of the Blackhawks fans' lives for a long time until uh, the old man passed away and the new regime came in. 
Um, but, yeah, that was just another in a long line of free agent disappointments uh, as a Blackhawks fan. So Chris Gretton is now in the possession of Mike Kinsella. Mike, thanks for the email. You also, more importantly, win a free breakfast at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe. So they'll be in touch with you shortly as well. And every, people that won um, before previous weeks, those these things are all going out next week. So you'll get them. You'll get an email from Chuck's, and you guys will be all set to go. I've not forgotten. Just trying to get things coordinated with Chuck's properly so we know the right way to handle it. Then all this stuff will be sent out. Um, but, James, anything you want to add before we say goodbye and resume our 4th of July celebration? Yeah, for it being the second podcast we've recorded in two days, we uh, almost went an hour. And I got to say that I feel a little bit better now that I've had some beer and some uh, hockey talk with you, man. I it, It's going to be a really weird off season. It's going to be really stressful, I think. And I, I think at the end of the day, I think what's going to help us stay sane is the fact that we have such good listeners and the fact that we can kind of air our grievances and talk about this on the show. So we appreciate all you guys. And Jay, I appreciate you, man. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you as well. Oh, and one more tip while we're thinking about it. As I went to grab my beer, if you're going to a 4th of July party and you're bringing beer, take it home. Nobody wants (laughs) your case of uh, raspberry shock top to sit in her fridge for the next 12 months. Unless you're bringing something that everyone enjoys like as the Sam Adams, or in my case, a Miller High Life, which is my go-to, take it. No one wants your weird grapefruit watermelon drink. Take it home. That's a PSA <laughs> for me because I've got a basement full of crappy beer now, and I'm not going to have anything to do with it, and I'm going to sit there and stare at it and say, I should just dump this out. But then that's a waste of beer, and that's beer abuse, and that's horrible. Hey, Jay, so, you want me to come over and help you uh, drink some of that? Yeah, come over and drink my crappy beer. Maybe, okay. we'll, maybe we'll raffle those off at our uh, one of our events coming up here. You win a free strawberry watermelon wheat from Poop Face Brewery in Philadelphia. <laughs> I don't know. Right, take your beer home, you jerks. All right. With that, happy 4th of July. Be safe. Don't blow your hand off or your foot off or anything like that. And don't, don't drink and drive either. Absolutely. Please, those God, do saying. not. All right. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast has been brought to you by the handsome people at Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 478-6090. Chris is the handsomest of all of them. Mariska is in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Joe and I still on par for we're still on target for our mandate. We just need to pick a date. And Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, where James will bury himself in Jambalaya and die happy. Two yep. locations, Burbank and Darien. Check out Chuck'sCafe.com. Have a safe and happy 4th of July. We will see you guys next week. I'm headed to Nash Vegas. And I'm wondering, should I wear my Black Hawks hat or not? Hmm. Hmm. We'll reveal the results when I return next week. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Be safe. What's it doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities with over 100 million available color combinations and Bose Personal Plus system in the boldly new 2021 Nissan Kicks. Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealer. See dealer for details. It's time for some straight talk. 
Tax returns could look a little different this year. So when the big carriers start trying to get you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get our unlimited plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you ought to, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.